Wellington's home for talk on 0800 80 1080. Wellington Mornings with Nick Mills and Wellington Airport. Flight at Queenstown with multiple daily flights. News Talk ZB. Taking the pulse of the city. The capital letter on News Talk ZB. Welcome back. It's time for the Capital Letter with our Wellington Special Issues reporter, Georgina Campbell from The Herald. First, good morning. Good morning, Nick. Yeah, I always put an extra special on there for you, George, just so you know. First of all, what do you make of the Fosters complaining about not being included in this housing policy announcement? I don't have much sympathy for <laughs> Andy Foster on this one. Um, you know, it was a, a government announcement, obviously, um, in, involving national and... Um, you know, I feel like they're entitled to do that. Like the, the government makes announcements all the time. And yes, this will impact the district plan that the council is currently um, considering. And I know that Andy Foster sort of, I think he described this as an attack on localism. And in the context of what the government is doing with, um, you know, the likes of, of Three Waters and the local government review, I can sort of see where he's coming from. But at the end of the day, this is a housing crisis. Um, councils haven't allowed, uh, you know, the sort of development that we need. So, uh, you know, I don't have a problem with the government making this announcement and sort of giving the councils a bit of a boot up the backside. It's probably showing us, though, that there is a divide, isn't it? I mean, I, I, don't, I know you're not going to be opinionated on it, but it's showing that if they don't even contact them on a big decision like this, then there's a divide between local and, and uh, government, isn't it? And I, I think, anyway, that's my own personal uh, opinion on it. Um, what, do you, what do you make of this housing plan? I think it's, it's, it's good, um, and it's certainly being celebrated um, from what I've seen you know, by, by people who um, really are housing advocates and, and want to... Um, attack the housing crisis. But I also would just like to point out that um, Wellington City Council's district plan, the, the draft yes. district plan that they're actually yes. discussing today at a meeting right now, still does a lot. And I feel like the council should be given credit for just how drastic um, that overhaul is. You know, like medium density housing, I think um, the area has increased by 30 times compared to what it was. So, wow. so that's still really significant. And yes, what the government has announced will um, sort of go even further. But to be fair to the council, this what's on the table at, at the moment is, is quite a, a step change. And that's kind of stuff in the city too, because this government stuff doesn't really, I mean, it, you're putting three townhouses on a section in the middle of the city, you're not going to do. So it's more or less the suburb thing. So I, I agree with you. I think that if they're doing something to, to intensify housing, that's a good thing. And Hopefully the com combination of both, which they'll have to redo now and readjust, won't they? They'll have to sit down and say, you know, he's already talked about taking stuff to the shredder and starting again. Yes, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure if it will be as drastic as that. I mean, for instance, the council was already preparing to make changes to this draft district plan when Let's Get Wellington Moving, you know, um, decides on where the mass rapid transit options will go. So... So they're already preparing to make changes. I guess this is just a, another change that they'll have to deal with. It's been revealed where and where you can't build in Wellington due to the flood risk. That's a weird thing. Surely if I want to build, I can build anywhere, and if it's my risk of it floods out. Yes, so this is also a part of this draft district plan, and everybody's been talking about how many more houses it will enable. But what people haven't really been talking about is actually it also sets out 
where the council will not allow new houses. Um, and it includes maps of coastal inundation risk areas as well as tsunami impact risk areas. These maps have, have never been included in the district plan before. They're new. Um, and it's, it's fascinating to me, but it also makes sense. You know, they're sort of literally drawing lines around the city um, and calculating, um, you know, where water is going to be a problem. And in those really high-risk areas, what the council is proposing to do is essentially allow no new development. Yeah. And people can still apply for a resource consent to, to have a crack, so it's not a com- they're not completely prohibiting oh, okay. Okay. it. Yep. Yep. But I'd say it would be pretty unlikely, like yep. it's a pretty high benchmark. Um, and I think it's really important that we start thinking about these natural hazards. Like, yep. you know, we live in a city with earthquakes, we live in a city um, that's surrounded by our beautiful, you know, harbour. Yeah. But it also means we're really close to water and there's lots of um, low-lying areas. So um, so there's those Was there high... anywhere there, sorry to mm. jump in, George, but was there anywhere that you said, oh, shivers, That's I wouldn't have thought that was should have been there? No, it's it's. I think the writing has been on the wall for these areas for quite some time. So we're, you know, talking about parts of Kilburnie, and Miramar, um, even the central city, you know, around Island Bay. Um, so, yeah, I think yeah. no Nothing, massive no surprises, shock. but okay. in terms of what the district plan will do for allowing development or um, if people can develop in these lower risk areas, but still a risk, then they have to put in mitigation measures. So they have to make sure that the, the floor heights are above that, you know, flood risk level. Um what, and things like that. What George did come to as a bit of a fright to me when you came in and told me is Freiburg Pool could be on shaky ground as potential, potentially an earthquake-prone building. Yes, um, this is this is quite significant, I think, because Freiburg Pool is um, a really well-known location in Wellington, and generations of Wellingtonians have learnt to swim there, um, and. The Wellington City Council, which also owns the building, but is um, the regulator as well, considers that it could be potentially earthquake prone. So the um, engineers have sort of given some preliminary information to the council. The next step is to get this peer reviewed. So we're sort of in limbo at the moment. So um, it's open at the moment? They haven't... So, yeah. So it remains open. And just to be clear, even if the building is deemed earthquake prone, there's no legal requirement for it to be closed. Um, but this is actually a really interesting bit of um, science, I suppose, that I learnt when I was writing this story. And the, the concern about the building has something to do with the basin edge effect. So the harbour kind of acts as a, a bowl or, you know, a yep. basin. And so when energy from an earthquake travels along the sea floor and it sort of hits that side of the basin where it starts scooping up, it sort of amplifies the energy. So buildings sitting right on the basin edge can experience more ground shaking. Wow. Um, so, and we saw this in the Kaikoura earthquake. Um, Stats House and BNZ were affected by this, and also Thorndon was a real hotspot. Okay, I suggest they cut the roof off and have it one of those outdoor indoor flow ones, like you see in major cities around the world, where it's kind of you're swimming in the sea, but it's like protected and warmed and everything. That's my my prediction. Uh, now, our dearly beloved, well, my dearly beloved prefab is uh, opening under restricted conditions and restricted hours no good for me because I don't finish till 12 and it closes at 12 so tell us what's happening there what's the latest scoop on prefab 
Yeah, well, obviously, um, you know, when prefab closed quite abruptly, we were in Delta Level 2, and I think a lot of Wellingtonians were really shocked by this. And, um, you know, the owners said at the time, look, hopefully we might be able to reinvent ourselves and and reopen at some point, but we don't know when that will be. You know, um, staff were made redundant, um, and it was, yeah, it was awful, really. But um, somebody messaged me the other day and said, um, oh, my friends just told me that they've had... um, Breakfast at Prefab. <laughs> and I said, Sounds like a movie. Oh, what? Uh, so, yes, yeah, so I looked into this and they have opened um, with a coffee uh, bar offering. So, it's only going to be open from 7 a.m. to midday. Um, it's got a breakfast menu, but it's quite simplified. Um, and it's understood that some former Prefab employees, you know, have, have obviously gone and found jobs elsewhere in Wellington's hospitality industry because. Um, you they know, were made redundant. Last, last month they were made redundant. Thanks for that. And it closed at 12 o'clock. No good to me, George. I can't go and have my coffee and uh, lunch there, can I? Because I don't finish till 12 o'clock. Maybe I'll, maybe you could talk to talk to the owners and say, could they open till one? Thanks, George, for joining us this morning. Thanks for all that information. I think it's a good thing wrapping up that the government stepped in to make this housing thing right. I think it's a, I think that... That, that we know that City Council always tries to make things more difficult, whether it's licensing, whether it's building, whether it's anything. The Council's there to, to make things more difficult rather than make things easier.